Hello and welcome to the Troopany Show. My name is James Troopany. This is my show. And may I welcome you to further coverage of the G1 Climax. If you've been enjoying our uh, Today at the G1 show with James Troopany, you might enjoy today's coverage of the G1 Roundup that we are doing every Sunday night to get you geared up for the week ahead. Bit of a preview of the matches to come. And we're going to look at all the shows this week. And joining me today is Mr. John Dinsdale. How are you, sir? I am pretty good. I've been juggling deathmatches G1 and have just seen a guy get set on fire, kicked into a wheelchair and sent down a ramp to a paddling pool. Oh, Didn't so see BBC that in the G1, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's starting to get to that point in the tournament where the, the stinkers are starting to come through, I think. <laughs> I must admit, I have spent today giggling about the Lawrence Fox news today. Have you heard this, John? Lawrence uh, Fox news? No, I don't Don't often talk about culture and politics, but this is declared war on culture this week. I want to talk about Lawrence Fox just for a moment because today, Sainsbury's celebrated Black History Month by, by giving the proviso that they would no longer serve racists. They do not feel that racism has any place in modern society and uh, therefore they would not... Uh, entertain racist views in their stores. To which Lawrence Fox responded that with a boycott of Sainsbury's because he's a racist. <laughs> that is the biggest misfire I think I've ever heard. What, um, you're not going to serve racists? Is, is that really the hill you want to die on? Yeah, I mean, for our, for our American friends, Lawrence Fox is a... Uh, Really terrible actor and awful singer and divorcee. And as the first reply... I couldn't even remember who the hell he was. And the the first reply in the tweet says, she's not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm just like, that's the best thing ever. Um, But yeah, Lawrence Fox, hilarious idiot. I think the biggest laugh I've had is all the, um, oh, we should be showing compassion to Trump having COVID things. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, where was his compassion for... All two hundred thousand odd people who died exactly. Yes, I obviously wish the man no ill. Well, I would kind of wish everyone no ill because I have empathy and compassion for my fellow human beings, which apparently is something missing in President Trump. Well, it's been politicized these days, hasn't it? It's it's apparently too left wing to be a nice, decent human being. Yeah, this is I, it. That's that's unfair. There's good people on both sides. It's good people from the centre to the left. I, <laughs> I, well, no, I'm going to get in trouble with our conservative listeners again because we talk politics. I do apologise, but we'll it's talk the rest, we'll talk wrestling now. It, but it's topical within pro wrestling. I mean, AEW didn't test and look what happened to them. So WWE know. is currently going through one of the biggest outbreaks due to the performance centre. It's yeah. it's everywhere um, at the moment. We're actually currently wondering if the British wrestling industry will survive. I'm sure it will. They can't do anything until September next year, can they? No, they can't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, considering what's happened in the British wrestling industry. Anyway, let's get started on actual wrestling. Um, We go back to Kobe World Hall on the 27th of September. This was last Sunday, which we we just recorded the show. Well, it happened before we recorded the show, but we didn't both have time to watch it. Uh, first match was Gabriel Kidd versus Yotasuji, seven minutes and 40 seconds. Now, our reviews of this matches are going to be like a bit wind tunnel-esque just because we've seen Uemura, Kidd and Yotsuji wrestle each other literally seven times in the last two weeks. This was one of the best ones of the tour, though, and I think it really shows that what Yotasuji and Gabriel Kidd could do. Yeah, which was just an all-around good match, like yeah. most of them have been. You got more from both guys, and Suji went flying off that suplex. <laughs> yes, he did. First blocked match of the night. We're on block A. Tai Chi defeated Yujiro Takahashi in 11 minutes and three seconds in Sleaze Mania 2020. What's your choice? What was your thoughts on this one? Because as you can imagine, I wasn't best thrilled. Oh, it was on this. This was fun. <laughs> You've just got two arseholes being arseholes, trying to out-arsehole each other, then descending into an, a pretty nice wrestling match. 
Not to mention, you know, you're in for like you know something weird's going on when they're. In fact, there's two, two nights of this where they've tried to babyface Yujiro of all people. <laughs> when Yujiro is the good guy in a match, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, it just tells you how disliked Taichi is. But there you it's, go. It's just this was fun for me. I I love heel versus heel fights because. They always result in just ridiculous sort of outcomes. As I said, who'd have thunk it when you're describing the the sort of Takahashi's time in the G1? He's like, oh yeah, he was a he was a face for two matches. It's like, (laughs) yeah, believe it or not, he wasn't the least popular guy in the room. I mean, to be fair to Takahashi, he has really upped his game for this G1 because he hasn't been in the G1 for about four years for obvious reasons, because he's been cruising for the last four years. Um, but yeah, now he's actually tried really hard, and it's been really interesting to watch him wrestle. So. Uh, and we, I think we're all fully aware of my my thoughts on Tai Chi. He has improved greatly. I still don't like him. Anywho, Tai Chi to win the G1. Ugh. Come on, uh, if he wins, he can avenge every loss he's had tonight, and then we've got Tai Chi triple champion. You do realise that he isn't beating Naito. <laughs> oh, of course not, but I can dream. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he would have to die for him to... And then, to be honest, he, he, he would have, the referee would roll Naito on top of Taiji and count three. Um, <laughs> next up was actually one of the surprise packages of the tournament. Jeff Cobb lost to Minoru Suzuki in nine minutes and 24 seconds. I thoroughly enjoyed this because it was... Minoru Suzuki at his cockiest. After coming off the loss to Tai Chi, everyone thought he was going to be coming back with his tail between his legs. But no, he just battered Jeff Cobb in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that this was vicious. This was really <laughs> vicious. I did, but I love the bit at the beginning where they just didn't, they did like a, a shoot-style amateur exchange for about two minutes, and then Suzuki, Cobb tries to go all to Suzuki. Suzuki slides out the way and looks at Cobb and just wags his finger at him. Uh-uh-uh. You're not getting me that easily. And you realise that Minoru Suzuki is the scariest human being that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, this was just one of those moments where... One of those matches where you're like, yeah, Suzuki is winning this, and Suzuki is winning it strong. And Cobb, rest in peace. With style and panache. Indeed. And then um, this was you warned me about this match because there's that forearm that sounds like a bloody gunshot. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki throwing forearms is the music of my people. It yes. it was very loud that day. It was. It's, it, it's he, he literally has perfected throwing a forearm in, into a, a different art form. Jim Ross used to say when he commentated with New Japan, the tone's about to change. <laughs> I just think it's about the best euphemism for this. This is this is going to sound amazing, but not necessarily in a good way for Jaws. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is it going to remind me of the the Steve Regal Dave Finley match in WCW where Dave Finley's trying to make a name for himself and he just looks down to Steve Regal and says, "Greet your teeth," <laughs> <laughs> smacks him in the face with the forearm that broke his jaw. Sorry, <laughs> had to be done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this was just that. It was just banging, banging match. Any thoughts on this, John? Any more just, thoughts on this? I just really enjoyed it. I I love sadistic Suzuki, and when you've got that someone who <laughs> it's like no, but I mean proper cocky, sadistic, just out for blood Suzuki. You've got then. Obviously, you've got Cobb, who who tried, but this was very one-sided. Yes. Next up, you have Coach Ribushi versus Tomohiro Ishii. Coach Ribushi takes four points, 15 minutes and 41 seconds of a blinder. Possibly match of the night. I would argue match of the night, to be honest with you, from my point of view. Um, yeah, just Ibushi's a bit crazy. Ishii is quite obviously the best enabler in wrestling. 
they they just went at it and did some crazy stuff. And it wasn't actually as crazy as it could have been. It told a better story. Ibushi slowed down a bit these days for the want of not wanting to break his neck, which is fairly reasonable, I think. Um, and yeah, this was just great. This was like, this is the Ishii and Ibushi you want to see all year round. They can't do it all year round because they were really hitting each other quite hard and going through spots and telling a story at breakneck speed. Ishii is no slowpoke. He can move, and Ibushi can power when he has to. So this was great. I love this. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, it's always interesting when you see a better match put on without Ibushi diving off a very high place. Because that's yeah. that's the one thing I remember from, I think it was last year's Ibushi-Ishii match. It was one of Ibushi's craziest. This time, just, yeah, grounded, very vicious, very stiff. Very dramatic and very, very, very damn good. <laughs> uh, and then we had uh, Shingo Takagi versus Atletico Bilbao. 22 minutes and three seconds of... Well, all right, it's Will Ospreay. Um, this was... Well, how can I put this? As I looked at my timeline, the majority of people were saying, tell us when Shingo's match is over and, when, and tell us when he wins, which will tell you how unpopular... Mr. Osprey is at the moment. Um, but this, the, I cannot deny this was a very good professional wrestling match. Shingo Takagi is exactly the right guy to wrestle with Osprey. It worked perfectly well to a very high standard because Shingo's wrestled these guys his entire career. Posting for smaller wrestlers is what Shingo Takagi does better than any other professional wrestler on earth. I will go as far as saying that. That's his job. That was his job in... Um, Dragon Gate was to make everyone else look amazing because he was that bit bigger, and therefore he did. So un- it was good, but it wasn't unexpectedly good. Yeah, I was just glad Shingo got the win. I've been waiting yeah. for him to avenge that loss since bloody best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, and that's that. We'll move on, because uh, I don't think either of us want to talk about him. No, it was begrudgingly a great match, but when it's Billy Big Bollocks, you just don't want anything to talk about, really. Actually, we agree that we can now replace his name with Spanish football teams for the rest of the G1. I'd, I'd say yes, but I don't know any Spanish football teams. Today he is at, well, I think Atletico Bilbao's Portuguese, Iberian Peninsula football teams. So today he is Atletico Bilbao. We'll move on. Jay White I'll, defeats Kazuchi. Sorry, go on. I'll just let you handle that. Football okay. is my specialist subject. Jay White defeats Kazuchika Okada in 18 minutes and 48 seconds. Six. This is like, this will tell you where Meltzer is in the world, right? Okay, so Meltzer gave this four and a quarter stars. 116 votes on cage match, 6.86, which translates to three and a half stars. Uh, See, I was really high on this match. I thought this match was brilliant. I thought this match was better than both of those numbers for. I don't really like doing numbers grading systems because it's like everything's subjective but Jay White and Okada it just told the right story Okada's still trying to find his groove he's not quite got there in this tournament if anyone's going to exploit that it's going to be Jay White who knows Okada's weaknesses back to front and they went and had a brilliant match and it was a win that came out of nowhere which was something they haven't done with this tournament very well so far and it started to kind of come up with shock result wins and I liked that I thought it was good what was your thoughts on it John? I love this match because Jay White's going in with the arrogance of, hey, remember what happened last time? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, we're going to celebrate the day I became the leader of Bullet Club with the biggest betrayal of all time. And he wrestled like an arrogant prick. And it was amazing. Jay White will always be the best heel now. And he beat Okada again. Yeah. He, he he's retained this sort of dominance over New Japan's former golden boy. Uh, oh, I think I think I think Okada is still New Japan's golden boy. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. I don't know. They seem to be really going in on like Ibushi and Naito at the moment. So we got to spread the rate around. Being champion is hard work, and Okada's done it for a long time, yeah, and he that's... deserves a rest. I, I think he's still golden boy. It's the same with Tanahashi. You know, I, I, I have friends who've talked talk to Io Shirai after she, after she had a 10 defense run, one year run with the Stardom World Championship. 
And she said she didn't want to hold a major championship again. It was that hard work. But she had to wrestle Maker Satamura like three times and and Nanai Takahashi threw her off a balcony and all sorts of crap happened in 12, those 12 months. I so swear, if, every time I hear Nana Takahashi's name, it's always in regards to you won't believe what she did to someone. <laughs> it's like, we're in the 31 Days of Death match thing, and last year I had her versus Hiroyo Matsumoto for the Blast Queen title in the calendar, and ever since then her name has sort of stuck out to me, and it it's always, always like, can you believe she did this? Have you seen what she did to this opponent? She's crazy. Oh. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm more than aware of this. It's... Yeah, she's, I mean, she's been doing it for 25 years. She is double hard. I'm not overly best pleased with her training practices. It's one of the reasons why Stardom was such a toxic place to be in the early 2010s. Um, but she is an incredible wrestler. There is no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. But she does crazy things. And because she isn't the draw she used to be, and because of the fallout of her leaving stardom made her a lot very unpopular, um, she has to do things that are perhaps not things she needs to be doing at 43-odd years of age, (laughs) shall we say? But there you go. The thing is, it's weird with Japan, because, like... When American wrestlers reach a certain age, they tend to slow down and they'll do less things or they'll adapt so that they can hide. Take Jericho, for example. He's 30 years into the game now and he's still moving as well as ever because he's adapted. In Japan, they tend to just get more crazy. Well, yeah. Look at Masato Tanaka. He's not slowed down. He's still arguably better than ever. It's... But all, I'm going to interject there. He also had 10 years in zero one where he just had to be a regular wrestler and not get hit in the head with chairs. I suppose that would benefit anyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'm Tana, Takahashi, I'm not saying she's desperate. She isn't desperate. She's making a decent living with seed lining, but she certainly got a knock on her legend was the, the, her time in stardom and the fact that she had to resign before she was fired and the other horrible things that happened in the stardom dojo that I won't go into here. Um, but yeah. Sounds like it could be an episode unto itself. Oh lordy. The career of Nana Takahashi is, is always a book into itself. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. James right. Trenny, True Penny's Wrestling True Crime Stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know smackizations. None of them are pleasant. Sorry, I've, Any- just, I've just scrolled on to the next show we're about to talk about, and I'm still laughing at the fact Yoshihashi beats Sonata. <laughs> yeah, we'll start at the beginning. You were more uh, and Gabriel Kidd, nine minutes and ten seconds, in another very good professional wrestling match. Uemura wins. They should have made this into it. This should have been the Young Lions Cup. Just see it because they're wrestling each other this that many times. But I suppose it would have sullied the um, what's the word respect that the Young Lions Cup has. You have to actually be really good to win the Young Lions Cup. So. I, I mean, Uemura and Suji are both really good, as mm. is Gabe Kidd, but Gabe Kidd's only been there a short time, so they'd be like, oh, he can't win it. He's only been there a little while. Yeah, but he was a, an established wrestler before he joined, but well, I, yeah. I feel like they should be doing something with this, more than yeah. just, hey, exhibition matches. It's like... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, Carl Fredericks won it last year and they hadn't spent any time in Japan at all, had they? They were like a week. I think he was already ready for the excursion y stuff already, though, wasn't he? So Yeah, well, yeah, so was uh, Shota Umino. It was, there, it was them two in the final, so they were leaving anyway. Um, Shota Umino is probably going to do better than Carl Fredericks in the long run anyway. So there you go. All right then. Second, first match of the Block B night, Yoshihashi defeats Sonada in 15 minutes and 15 seconds. I knew he was going to come out with a win. Kind of thought Sonada would be the guy, but this was really good. It worked really well. Bit of a shocker. Uh, a nice win from Yoshihashi. Loved this match, actually. Thought it was really good. Your thoughts, sir? I honestly can't remember much of it, but that might just be because I watched it several days ago and didn't recap it on my time. It's just... 
I can remember bits of it. It seemed entertaining enough, and I'm just happy that Yoshihashi won. <laughs> it was Especially good. over Sonata. That, that's, that's the icing on the cake, really. It's like, <laughs> hey, Sonata, you're going on a losing streak. Okay, who am I losing to? Well, <laughs> Yoshihashi, Toriyana, can't remember the other one. Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm losing to Yoshihashi. Yeah. Oh. I can just imagine <laughs> that board meeting. <laughs> well, next up was Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr. 15 minutes and 46 seconds for the two former Noah Jr. heavyweights. As Kenta said, what happened to the nice Zack Sabre Jr. I used to look after in Noah in his post-match interview? <laughs> Um, it's like, well, he's long dead. Zach's just evil these days. And this was really good. It it worked well because it's a striker versus a submission wrestler. So therefore, it's going to work well. And it's Kenter and Zack Sabre Jr. Tad disappointing, according to Melzer at three and a half stars. But the guys at Cage much liked it at 7.82 stars. So I, I'll go with them. I thought, well, I think, didn't think it was the best thing in the world. Did what it said on the tin. I think they could have done to have been in a semi-main event slot and given more time to tell the story, though. I think that was probably the problem with this match. Uh, that's the thing I didn't like about it. It was too short. Of oh, all I, I normally complain, like, matches are too, like, too long. This one, I wanted more of it. Like, when you've got two styles like this, they benefit from, like, the slow burn sort of drag out. Both guys are crippled by the end of it. You can't really do that with 15 minutes. No, no, it's not going to work. Um... One match that was probably about the right length at 14 minutes and 16 seconds was Hiroshi Tanashi and Juice Robinson. These this two are awful. Yeah, I I didn't dislike it. I think it's good. I thought it was all right. But I do understand why you don't like it because it's two guys whose style kind of require a little bit of um, movement from the other person and neither of which were willing to move, if that makes sense. This match would have been... This match would have been 10 minutes had Juice Robinson gotten on with it. There was more <laughs> time spent pandering to the crowd who can't even cheer. But he's Juice Robinson, that's what he does. Yes, but you can't win a wrestling match by pausing. He, he had <laughs> Tanahashi on the ropes on several occasions and could have won it had he just gotten on with it. And that's that's the thing. Juice Robinson these days is all flash and no substance, and the flash isn't there, so you can't see the substance. And you have to deal with the substance that isn't really there. It's. I like Juice as a person. I'm glad he's popular, and I like the role he fits, but my god, this tournament's making me hate Juice Robinson. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like him better, so I guess we disagree there. I, I get what you were saying, by the way, about you trying to build a story, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're building Juice Robinson up. I'm like, for what? He's at 2-1, and he just yeah. got rolled up anyway. It's like, there's nothing to build at the moment. Yeah, there is, though, because he got that win over Kenta, so therefore he gets a shot at Kenta's US Championship title shot, which means John Moxley in the end. I, I still don't want another juice and Moxley. Oh, I don't either, but I that I can see what they're trying to do from a business point of view. I'd rather see Kenta versus Moxley, because I've seen Juice versus Moxley and it was fine, but I don't want to see it again. However, I can they have to put doubt in your mind. They have to make that work. So and there was an interesting promo actually with, with Kenta about Juice Robinson. Um that we'd missed last time we talked about it. Kenta talked about the fact his time in NXT. And he said, it doesn't matter where you are. He said, as I got, he says, I've got older and I've realized, he said, great matches don't matter where you are. It's what you're doing with it. It's not where you are. It's what you do. And Juice Robinson is doing the right things. And so am I. And I thought that was an interesting promo. It was kind of, it was kind of out of kayfabe promo. Um, I'm going to say, considering happy. Kent is meant to be a dick, that's a very nice thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, he's also trying to build Juice up in him, so... And especially for an American audience. I swear, if if Kenta loses that briefcase, geez. I don't think it, I don't think he is. But they've got to put doubt in your mind, because otherwise you just go to that match. They have that match at King of Pro Wrestling, and everyone goes, "Well, Kenta's Juice is winning this." Of course, sorry, Kenta's winning this. The so thing they is, have to put doubt on it. as I said, New Japan has its golden people, the people that it always likes to make winners, and Juice Robinson is one of them. 
I would disagree with that because two years ago in the G1, he won one match. Yes, but if you look at the sort of track record since, he's had wins over Cody, wins over bloody Moxley, wins over... Oh, I'm trying to think of the other... Like the Chase Owens stuff where, oh, we're going to make Chase Owens look like this this king killer who's going to dethrone Juice and then they put on the worst match ever. It's like... I don't know. I just feel like Juice is one of these people that they'll always sort of put a win on if they can. Yeah, but he's kind of... That's the right... He can't can't lose all the time, otherwise there's no point in putting him in title pitch matches, which they want to do because he's a viable character that people enjoy. But they can't, like... And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that Juice is a golden boy in New Japan's eyes. He sells T-shirts. He's popular. The fans love him. So you've got to give him some reason to cheer for him. Otherwise, he'll just lose all the time. See, this is how we can tell who's the cynic and who isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, you, you can't... It's the same as everything else. You can't have your favourite guys win all the time or else it just becomes boring, doesn't it? I don't need them to. I just don't want another repetitive sort of series because it's like I've seen... Juice and Mox. Now let me see Juice. Sorry, see Mox and Kenta. That's fine. They'll find something for Juice to do, and I got a feeling it might be Minoru Suzuki, which I actually think would be a great series. See that that is perfect because you've got the guy who hates showboating against right. the showboater. It's yeah. like that's perfect. Give me that. And also, shooters in a pro wrestling kind of environment work better with spot guys than anybody else because they can work around what a spot guy can do. So Juice can link to his spots whilst Minoru Suzuki's working around him and it becomes a much better match than you think it could be. I've seen this. Akada and Nakamura in the G1 final in 2013 was like one of the best matches I ever saw. And it was basically... Without a doubt. Yeah, because Nakamura is a fluid shoot-style wrestler and Okada is this kind of static spot guy, so they work together perfectly. Anywho, let's move on. Toriano defeated Evil in four minutes and 33 seconds. Doesn't get a cage match qualification because it's less than five minutes. Yeah, and that must mean like Yano had like the least cage match credits ever. Uh, well, yeah, but after this night, he was co-leading the block with Tetsuya Naito on six points. This is this was good because Evil was trying to like out cheat the cheater. He's just like, oh, Yano's going for a low blow. Evil's going for a low blow. <laughs> Dick Togo there to cheat. Oh, Dick Togo's been hit. Oh, there was just so much like wacky stuff, and it kind of benefited because Evil's needed a sort of a blow off where people can remember that he's he's slightly human. Because <laughs> when you're just being sort of bombarded by like the, the betrayal, slow burn, heel, shtick, you can burn people out quite easily. So a match with Yano was kind of perfectly timed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, 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 it put a bit of light relief into the whole thing as well and gave Toriyano his annual semi-main event slot that he so richly deserves. Plus, I was just thankful to have like a a smaller paced match, considering the last three felt like they lasted forever. Yeah, true. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the main event. Tetsu Nato defeated Hiroki Goto in 21 minutes and 58 seconds. I'll be hard pushed to remember much of this match, to be honest with you. It was good. I enjoyed it at the time, but not Goto something. flew. Well, yeah, but I. I <sighs> I really enjoyed this, and I don't know why. I like like Goto, I like Nato, it was fine, but it just didn't really push my buttons, and I don't know why. I just just didn't kind of think, because I knew Nato was winning that. It was just fairly obvious. There was a lot of plainly obvious booking in this week's matches, because there has to be at some point. I've watched enough G1s to understand that someone has to lose here and someone has to win here, and Goto isn't beating Nato because he's not getting a shot at the title this year. He might do next year, but he's definitely not getting it this year. So, yeah, uh, I just can't. I think it's just because I found it predictable. Uh, and also, I, I was aware of what the result was going to be. As I, I think most people, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. 
they worked well together and it was just a pleasant match to watch. And as I said, what the flying goto. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was okay. I just, just doesn't, yeah. can't understand why I didn't kind of grasp, grabbed me, didn't grab me at all. It just kind of left me hanging there. I think as well, it was because it was like I read the promo from NATO, I uh, read an interview in New Japan 1972.com with NATO prior to that match. And it just was more entertaining than the match was when NATO said, what do you think of Goto? He said, well, he's so, he's so uh, powerful and his moves have a lot of power. But he did fail his way into chaos and no one, doesn't seem to be doing anything at the moment. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, right, then Goto's losing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that was probably the reason why. Let us move on to Kurokan Hall, the home of professional wrestling in Japan. 696 fans in attendance, socially distanced, of course. So that would make it a super no vacancy. Yotosuji defeated Iwe Uemura in 7 minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah, it was fine. Your thoughts, John? Basically the same. Again, great Young Lions match, great energy, great moves, and Suji wins again. Yes. You sort of keep trading wins. It's just like every time you they pair up, you kind of expect the result apart from one. And it's like, yeah, that they're getting predictable, but at the same time, they are just sort of showcases for the students. So it's it's fun. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So the first um, match of this particular tournament was really an execution. <laughs> this, this was sad. <laughs> this was Yujiro Takahashi did try and perhaps should have done, shouldn't have done because it only made Minoru Suzuki mad. Again, babyface Takahashi. What the? Oh, no, no, no. I don't think there was babyface Takahashi. I think, I think Minoru Suzuki was the babyface in this match and he just murdered Yujiro. <laughs> I don't know because the way, like how merciless Suzuki is, you almost feel sorry for Takahashi. It's like, wow, that they're really not being nice to you in this tournament, are they? And now no. you've got this angry bear who, ha- who you've pissed off by attacking with a cane and is just going to murder you. And he did, in a proficient and violent manner. <laughs> I'm just looking through the, the match pictures, and, oh, God, there's there's just this terrifying bit where um, Suzuki's pinning him, and Suzuki's just staring into the camera like he's about <laughs> to eat a baby. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Oh, Minoru, I watched that intro. Something popped in my head the other day, and I had to watch that intro with Suzuki and uh, at Wrestle Kingdom when Juice got beat by uh, Moxley, and then Minoru Suzuki's music hit. And it's just, you forget how much fans in a building make a pro wrestling moment. It wasn't a match. It was just a pull apart, but the moment, just the moment when they heard the first three chords and closing the NRA and they realize what's happening. And there's this gasp from the crowd. And then Suzuki comes out with a smile on his face. And you know, he never smiles unless he's going to beat somebody up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, oh, he's going to be up Moxley. And then he takes off his tracksuit. I think that was the single greatest moment of that show. Yeah. Just, oh. And just his face darkens the closer he gets to the ring. And he's like, oh, God, John. Run, (laughs) just run. Just run. (laughs) And this moment was kind of like that for Yujiro. He kind of, Minoru had a smile on his face. And that never bodes well for any reason whatsoever. And he just took Takahashi apart. And it was like, I would have only enjoyed it more if Takahashi had got no offense in whatsoever. I don't think it would approve the point is like Suzuki then kind of like called out the did call out everybody in the tournament and said, I'm winning this. And you just would not put it past him at this point. In fact, he would be a great finalist and it would really put him back on the map. And, you know, and that was like, why would you bet against the man? So, yeah. See, I'd be fine with Suzuki being a finalist if there was one, if one person in A block was in B block instead. <laughs> right then, next matchup was Kota Ibushi and Jeff Cobb. 
Coach Ibushi takes six points, beats Jeff Cobb in 10 minutes and 43 seconds. These two are crazy athletic and wrestled a crazily athletic match. It's kind of like when Cobb wrestled Suzuki the previous match, he kind of had to go against like versus like because Suzuki and Cobb are both amateur Olympian standard wrestlers. And it's kind of like versus like here. Oh, Cobb's nowhere near as aerial athletic as Coach Ibushi ever will be. But he does do an awful lot of athletic things that Coach Ibushi can do. Standing moonsaults, for instance, would be a good example. Um, so, yeah, this was interesting. It wasn't boring. It was never dull. It wasn't great, but it was never dull. What do you think of this one, John? Yeah, this was one of those matches where you just kind of go, yeah, it was great. And you're kind of done with it. Yeah. Think, yeah. It was good. It it had a lot of nice action to it. And probably one of Cobb's better matches purely because yeah. of the opponent he was with. But at the same time, much like you and that Naito Goto one, you'd be hard-pressed to remember it. Yeah. So that's the mess that is this tournament. <laughs> uh, next up was Taichi versus Kazuchika Okada as Okada tried to drag something reasonable out. Taichi was robbed. Dangerous T did not turn up for this particular evening. We got old-school Taichi, and it wasn't really as much fun as it should have been. <laughs> Taichi was robbed. He wasn't. He was beat he square was affair. Square affair by a firm chaos victory. Thank you very much. None of your chaos slander here, my friend. <laughs> I need to. I need to find the exact thing I said to you. Oh, go on then. I can't remember. I had a very. No, that's from. Doop 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 do. Fuck Will Osprey. Yep. I, I send some nice messages sometimes. Christ. <laughs> Why is it scrolled all the way up there? Ah. Whilst John's finding that, uh, this match, it wasn't terrible, and it put Kakada back on the wins. He's still the lowest scoring person apart from Yujiro in this tournament. Oh, Tomohiro Ishii and Takagi. He's enjoyed second place uh, in the block. What did we say? Taichi was robbed. Red Shoes made a slow count when he had Okada in the Gado clutch, which he did. No, he didn't. He did. Uh, it he was didn't. slow. Compared no. to... Red Shoes? Compared to how you usually see him slapping the mat, this was really damn slow. And you could tell it was purely because it's like, oh crap, this isn't supposed to be the finish. And I've gone down too early, so he had to stack bloody tap and the mat slow. And I'm just like, Taichi's won. That was three. Why the hell is this match not over? Tai Chi won. Yeah, don't care. This was Tai Chi's first loss, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on then to the next match, which saw Porto versus Jay White. Oh, Porto won. 18 minutes and 46 seconds of... It was all right. This was an amazing match, purely from the people in it. J.Y. is amazing at manipulating people and bringing the best out of them, and Will Ospreay is... Uh, Porto. Sorry, Porto. Yes. athletically gifted, and unfortunately is a good wrestler, despite being a prick, and he won, and he didn't deserve to win. No, he didn't. And Porto also was playing full-on babyface after spending most of his tournament as a heel... I mean, you can't really be a heel against Jay White unless you're a special breed of heel at this point. It's like, it's just not going to work. Yes, this, was like, the only, this is the only match where I've ever rooted for a Bullet Club member against a member of Chaos. I will point that out there. <laughs> I was again, thoroughly, yeah. White's first loss of the tournament and it comes to someone who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Mm, typical. All right, main event was Tomohiro Ishii and Shingo Takage. After almost exactly a year before the two tore the building down at Osaka Joe Hall, they had a crack at Kurokan and near, delivered to a damn near similar standard. These two love hitting each other real yard. That tends to make sure that there's going to be a good match. They told a different story to last year, and Ishii took back the win he lost to Takagi. And I think that was the right thing to do in this situation because... Ishii has not had a good start and a win. He's had a brilliant start from a match match point of view, but he's not had a good start from a win loss point of view. Nice that they made this the main event over some big name matches that could have done, but they made their name last year. It was a corker last year, and why wouldn't it be again? And they were absolutely right. What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, this this was amazing. 
this was the hard hitting just brick wall meets brick wall match you wanted like holy crap there was some spot it's <laughs> like oh god he's not getting up from that he's got up from that what is this <laughs> and yeah as much as i love takagi the right the right person won here because you ended Corican on a high note for one of new japan's most respected if often underrated wrestlers like indeed this this was sort of the best you could have gotten from like well not exactly the best as you said it was almost to last year's standard but this was the best you could have hoped for on this night from these two people with the time and the crowd that they had it was brilliant yeah absolutely next we had a bit of creative booking in the opener gabriel kid and yotasuji went to a time limit draw of 15 minutes this was longer than two other matches on this card. <laughs> yeah, the first two matches, com- well, not combined. In fact, yeah, yeah, combined. Combined, yeah. This was, act- this was only 40 seconds short of Evil versus Kenta. Um, yeah, and it actually was more entertaining than Evil versus Kenta. Um, yeah, it was good. It was absolutely solid, and it was the right thing to do because they two have been back and forth for how long now? But yeah, it was I, when they got to the ten minute mark. I, I was expecting a pinfall, and they kept going. It's like that's really cool. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it it was really damn good. I think it's the first time I've seen outside of the Young Lions Cup one of these exhibition matches go to like fifteen minutes because yeah. they're usually limited to what ten minutes, and then it's a draw. Yeah, so I have like. Oh, yeah. This, this 15 minute limit be reached in quite a frantic sort of closing stretch is just really really good and it's only going to be good for the young lions as well because you've just lit more fire under them because it's like yeah. well now there's draws in this how how are you going to top that yeah exactly it's going to be really good and we move on to our first B-block match, which was Juice Robinson versus Toriyano. Six minutes and 42 seconds. And Toriyano receives his first loss, but remains top of the group. And Juice Robinson joins him up there in the rarefied atmosphere of the number one spot. I actually thought this this week. I think Juice Robinson is Toriyano's perfect opponent. And I'll tell you why. Because essentially it is Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. I, I've thought that comparison before. Yeah, it's nice to see we're on the same wavelength there. Yeah, you know, Joe Robinson is the roadrunner. He's the he's earnest enough a babyface to make it work without you hating Yano, and will play along with the daftness just just enough to make it seem worthy. And yeah, it, I just I just thought this was fun. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to use Juice Robinson Toriano. And I thought there were some nice touches in it. Trying to give Juice his T-shirt. Oh, let's be friends. And then spray him in the face with the, the disinfectant and go from there. And yeah, I thought Juice overdid it by pouring the disinfectant into Yano's eyes straight from the ball. It was probably a little bit harsh for a baby face. <laughs> but yeah, it was just good fun. It was. It was great. I just Of all the people to give Yano the first loss, why'd it have to be Juice again? This seems to be the running theme. It's like, Juice seems to be the only person capable of beating Yano. And it's usually because he he rolls him up in some goofy way. <laughs> I, did, I did laugh, though, as Juice practically hops back to the ring with his le- legs taped together. That was a nice touch. And trying to deliver moves with his legs taped together was very brave, because he could have brained himself quite easily. But it was Not good. Yashi. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> the next match was Zack Sabre Jr. He defeated Hiroki Goto in three minutes and 59 seconds with a European clutch. Honestly, I was making tea and I'm thinking this is going to be on for 10 minutes. I'll just make a cup of coffee and all of a sudden it's over. And I was like, what? I had to rewind it and watch the whole match just to find out what the hell happened. Yeah, so did I. I was responding to a, a message and I'm just kind of like, oh, the match is over. What? Yeah, and it, but it, it's the kind of thing that has to happen every once in a while because it just like solidifies Zack Sabre Jr.'s ability as a mat wrestler. It gave the match, it proved that matches can end at all, any time. They're not all going to go to 25-minute corkers. This was really good, and I think it was 
arguably the best four-minute match I've ever seen. It was really damn good for what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a necessary match that they had to have. Yeah, and I think Goto was the right man for it because people are still going to be behind him no matter what. Because they're like, oh, no. Yeah. It happened again. Oh, Goto. <laughs> but speaking of lovable losers who've got their act together, Yoshihashi pulls out another corker with Hiroshi Tanahashi. The guys at Cage Match can nearly give it eight points out of ten, and I don't disagree. It wasn't perfect, but 18 minutes and 41 seconds of fine professional wrestling. Tanahashi and Yoshihashi have a lot of history together. Tanahashi was the guy who said he was going to pluck Yoshihashi out of chaos and train him in his own image before the chaos um, regular army feud, if you will, came to an end and they called a truce to gang up on Bullet Club. And yeah, this was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. What's your thoughts on this one, John? This is probably the best Yoshihashi match there's ever been. Like, just... Yeah, I agree with it. I'm not sure. I think the evil one might be better, but it wasn't a great technical match. It was a brilliant story match. Well, between those two, Yoshihashi has been the most consistent performer in this tournament. Yes, definitely. Well, especially for this block, which is completely wild if you say that without seeing the matches he's actually put on. Like, this this is the stuff that Yoshihashi's been hiding for years, and people are only... He's starting to bring it out, and people are just like, wait, what? why wasn't he doing that years ago when, you know, people were trying to get behind him? It's like... Just Tanahashi brought out the best in him, and it was really, really damn good. Yeah, yeah. Certainly G1 worthy. It was a G1 match you kind of expect people to have. I, I half expect when people do their generic, oh, the best of the G1 stuff, Yoshihashi's name's going to be mentioned more times than most other people. Yeah, yeah, he's been man of the tournament. I said maybe Ishii has been, well, he's certainly man of the B block. Ishii's been pretty consistent. Um, and But yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Next up, we had a match that was kind of necessary to tell a story. Not many people liked it, and I can understand why. It, it was definitely not a generic G1 match. It was a story match, but it lays some foundations about what's going to happen in Bullet Club after the G1 because Kenta wrestled Evil, and they're both a Bullet Club, and Evil beat Kenta in 15 minutes and 40 seconds and did cheat to do it, which is not necessarily the bullet club way when you're wrestling each other you kind of call a truce and it'll be interesting to see what how you Drew and jay white get on when they have their match later in the tournament but yeah this wasn't really how bullet club's supposed to work and i'm intrigued as to what happens with bullet club somewhere down the line what's your thoughts on this one john yeah this was an odd one because they were both cheating quite blatantly it yes. was just like you'd, you'd expect like honor among thieves but there wasn't any, and yeah, that that basically kept you interested in this. Like, I get why people railed on it, but as an avid Bullet Club fan, I'm always intrigued to see where things are going with them. So this match worked for me, but it won't work for a lot of other people. No, I don't think it will either. It's a bit like the, the Noah Jr. Everyweight's beating the hell out of each other every 15 minutes. It works for Noah fans. Not sure it would transfer to everybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. I kind of got to leave it there. There's not a lot can be said for it. It was well put together, really, in a story point of view. It just wasn't a great wrestling match. No, it was a very, very dull wrestling match with, well, an with a lot of interference. But an intriguing story, which teases things for the future. Next, I feel though, like it, it would have probably benefited from being earlier in the show. But yeah. then again, oh, with the matches that were early. In fact, no, they should have put this on before Tanahashi and Yoshihashi, because then you've got the sort of dreary match out of the way instead mm -hmm. of going from like a, a really nice, fast-paced, technical good guy versus good guy bout into a slow drag-out bad guy versus bad guy i feel like that would have probably stopped people losing so much interest in it yeah 
And to be fair, they had an absolute blinder on their hands with the main event on this night, so it didn't really matter. You could have put, like, I don't know, show wrestling a pig on that slot and it would be okay with the main event that's coming after it. So, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, the main event would be Sonata of LIJ defeating his boss, Tetsuya Naito, also of LIJ, in his hometown. And this is the arena where he beat Okada twice last year and built up all that momentum for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It's pretty much the only town he can win in <laughs> um, on a consistent basis. And Sonata's great, and there was a lot more greatness shown in this match. It's like he's had a lackluster G1, and it's like, by his standards, you know, like you look at his first two G1s, he was right up there at the top at sharp end of the table, and he's languishing in the bottom of the division. But he gets a massive win against NATO, which, of course, guarantees him a shot against the double championship should he wish to take it. I'm not sure he would. Um, but certainly, you know, because uh, Ishii beat Okada last year and never took his title shot against his boss in the faction. So I would kind of think it would be the same kind of deal. Because Sonata is kind of LIG's, LIJ's Ishii, not in the stoic big bash guy kind of sense, but in the, you know, the keeper of the flame. Thing, you know? kind of sense but yeah so yeah this was great it really really was nato was on top form he did his mate a really good favor and really putting him over he couldn't find a way to beat sonada but sonada had an answer answer for everything nato threw at him which is the kind of chess match match this needed to be it told the story it was great to watch thoroughly enjoyed it what about you john yeah for all i love bragging on sonada this this was brilliant this is what happens when you have two people who've been in a faction for years together, know each other really well, and then are told they have to fight each other. And you see how all those connections, all those things you know, work with and against you. Especially when it's someone who's like Naito, who kind of relies on the things he does on a daily basis. So you've got him planning for his spots, and then Sanada just like, right, I know how I'm going to counter this. And yeah. Yeah, it, it paid out big for him. They took one of the people everyone seems to find the most boring, myself included at times, and suddenly made us give a damn as Naito is falling victim to all this stuff. It's mm. it's really damn compelling when you think about it. Just all the effort that Naito just put in to make Sonata look like, well, what you probably... He thinks he should have been looking like years ago during mm. the Okada feud. It's it's a weird one for sure, given how the points stand. But like, just as a standalone wrestling match with a story to tell, bloody awesome. Yeah, for sure. It 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 did what it was supposed to do, and I think that's that's really a lot of times all you can ask for. Right then, that covers the matches. So we're going to the 5th of October is our next night, and that will feature Gabriel Kidd versus Ue Uemura again. <laughs> we're at Takamatsu and Kagawa. Yujiro, Aki, Yujiro Takahashi versus Shingo Takagi. Could be interesting. Mm. Jacob versus, versus Jay White. Could be I interesting. swear, if Jeff Cobb wins that one, I'm giving up on the G1. Minoru Suzuki versus Kazuchika Okada. Oh, that's going to be good. Tomohiro Ishii versus Tai Chi. Come on, big match Tai Chi. <laughs> to be fair, just... every, time, every time Tai Chi and Ishii are in a ring together, it's really, really damn good. If, if Dangerous T turns up, it'll be great. If he doesn't, it could be painful. I mean, it's going to be so, painful either way. You're in the ring with Ishii. Yeah, I suppose so. Kota Ibushi versus Real Sociedad. See, I want to be opt- like hyped for that one just purely because of how mad it's going to be, but it's a football team you just mentioned whose name I'm not even going to attempt to copy. You say Real Sociedad are obscure. They're not really. But anyway. I've never heard of them. Right. Okay. I thought like everyone played football. I don't play football. I don't like watch football or play football very often. But I thought like around your way, there's like 17 really good teams where everyone's into football around your age. 
I live near Newcastle. Darlington are pretty good. <laughs> I, I didn't even know they still had a team, to be honest. <laughs> I'm I'm about as far out of the loop with football as I am with obscure Japanese politics. Like that's that's how I'll compare it. Because I know very little bar the sort of mainstream stuff about football. And oh. I, could, I could tell you that the national diet exists in Japan. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a look at the next block B night and preview that. Yotsuji versus Yui Uemura again. Into chaos faction rivalry, Toriyano versus Hiroki Goto. Oh, man, that's I, interesting. I have a feeling Goto's going to catch up on some points, I'll be honest. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. A match that always delivers. Well, I, I don't like Sonata trying to be trying to convince us he's a submission wrestler. That's that's the trouble. He's nah, just not that good. And he could learn a lot from Zack. Yeah, he he's got that kind of Yave style, which I don't think Max mixes well with Zack Sabre Jr.'s kind of catch as catch can Wigan based aesthetic. So, think of it, I kind of wish Sonata would just give up on Skull End. It doesn't look <laughs> convincing in the slightest because it's just like, oh, I've got, I've got my arm draped over your face. It doesn't really look like I'm pulling back. This it, isn't a chalk. It's wh- when he first started doing it, it did look that vicious, but it's ever diminishing returns because it's just the reverse front face lock. It's a dragon sleeper, and because he doesn't pull it in snug. Because it hurts, and he's got to spend a lot of time. People have got to spend a lot of time in it. If you pulled it in snug, it'd really hurt. You're right. It's a bit like Yoshiyoshi's butterfly wings when he first or butterfly submission. He when he first did that, he yanked it in tight, and it looked amazing. Then I think he started dislocating some shoulders, so he probably <laughs> calmed off on it a bit, and it no longer looks amazing. It looks sloppy. It's so like if you can't, if you're gonna have drag out bits with those types of holds you've got to pick a hold that looks painful but isn't yeah exactly I mean, look at the stuff zach saber jr pulls out like that stuff looks so bloody like and to be and horrific. to be fair some of it is <laughs> yeah but i bet a lot of them it's all sort of spectacle and angle work oh yeah it is but anyway uh juice robinson versus evil which could <sighs> be great but could be awful that's gonna it's, suck. I don't. I think it could be good, but it depends. They both got their work boots on. If they both can turn up and they're firing on all cylinders, I think it it is like big bad guy versus super over babyface. You can't really miss with that. So from a fan point of view, I think it'll be good. From a wrestling aesthetics point of view, remains to be seen. But it could be actually quite good. Tetsuya Nato versus Yoshihashi, which I will go out on a limb and say might be match of the tournament going at this rate. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. If Yoshihashi is as good a form as he has been for the last two weeks, if he beats Nato, ooh, you wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't <laughs> that be cool? Main event King of Pro Wrestling, Yoshihashi versus Nato for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. How about that then, kids? I like that idea myself. I think anyone without the context of the tournament would just laugh that off instantly. <laughs> but, oh, I think it'd be great. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, two aces of, well, the ace of New Japan of the last 10 years and Noah's former race that has major political ramifications to the world of Japanese professional wrestling, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's an absolute blinder. It should be, given the people involved. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And that is that for the G1 for this week. We hope you enjoy the shows this week. I will begin again on Tuesday. There will be a show on Tuesday once I've watched all the wrestling. Um... Tuesday's a really awkward night because I have to keep watch it all on the bus. And I have to make sure I get the half three bus to make sure I have time to watch it all. <laughs> and then get to work and try and catch some as I walk. I actually get three matches. It was like last week because it was that night that there was three really short matches. I got all of them watched in one go. <laughs> so I was all right. And then try and get it done. And then that's the reason why sometimes the podcast 
on the today at the G1 is not to happen until, until 10 o'clock at night because then I've got to ring my dad and do all the bits and pieces. But yeah, Tuesday night we'll be back with the G1 and uh, that's that. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Dinsdale. Would you like to plug your social medias and things? Well, you can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is the gateway to hell and everything you could ever possibly want from me. All the writings, all the ramblings, the opinions, the bad takes on Juice Robinson. And currently, uh, if you check out Steel Chair magazine, where both me and Mr. Troopany write for, you will see the Halloween advent calendar of Deathmatch fun has begun. The 31 days of death matches is back. It's badder than ever. It's more diverse than ever. And we've kicked off with three quite fun matches involving Schlack versus Abdullah Kobayashi. The BJW excessively long title we match we covered a while back. And, of course, New Japan's Great Muta versus Great Nita. No ropes, barbed wire, landmine, death match. <laughs> from Jingu Stadium. Indeed. And it's only going to get weirder. And if you check out the day of recordings, Sundays, day four, you will see a familiar face from a very impassioned rant I gave on probably the longest watch-along we ever did. <laughs> All right, then. Thank you very much for listening to the Troopany Show today. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and you can find us on uh, well, Patreon. That'll be the one. Where you can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Thank you for all the positive comments on the show this week. Uh, I had somebody uh, contact me and say that they thought that The Beginner's Guide to Japanese Wrestling was one of the best things they'd ever listened to, and that made me very proud. They found it very informative, and I want to thank everybody who's worked on that show, including you, John, and Chelsea, and Alex, and Mike, and... Um, Narcus and the other Alex and Sai, you've all done a fantastic job in showing how great Japanese professional wrestling can be. So take care. We'll see you on Tuesday. There will be another wrestling rewind with Dara and Dave at some point this week. I'm really loving the feature. Dave doesn't watch wrestling. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.